Hey, look, just uh, something really quick before the show starts. Uh, Google Android, they've, put a, they've uh, got an Easter egg. Uh, Jace, tell us all about the uh, Easter egg in the Google Android. Yeah, in uh, Google Now, if you've got that uh, running on your phone, which all the latest ones do, just uh, click on the uh, voice activation microphone and uh, say the following and listen to the result. It's really funny and really good for Whovian geeks. That's right. And uh, that's all in respect, of, of course, of the uh, Doctor Who 50th anniversary coming up 23rd of November. So uh, do that uh, well, through the show starting credits. Okay, see you soon. Bye. When am I? The present, of course. TARDIS functionality is still undergoing development. Sorry. Bandwidth for all shows on the Aussie Tech Heads network is supplied by Aussie Tech Heads web hosting. For a fast, affordable and reliable Australian server with fantastic support, contact Aussie Tech Heads web hosting at aussietechheads.com.au. Aussie Tech Heads, Australia's best hosting service. Episode 367, Aussie Tech Heads, 14th of November. Auspicious day? No, not really. Thursday? Yep, that's about it. But welcome, Aussie Tech Heads. Welcome to the lounge. AussieTechHeads.com.au forward slash live. Apologies if you've gone to the Aussie Tech Heads forward slash uh, podcast site in the last couple of days. It's been down. Oh, big sad face. Yeah, it's been down. So, but it's fixed now. Uh, uh, although it is a little, a little slow. But uh, I thought it was a little slow, but I'm going to try and fix it up. I'm going to um, just update all the couple of little plugins and stuff. So we'll just see how it goes. Uh, also, thanks to techwebcast.info, they have a replay of their show before our show every Thursday night, if you can get, understand that. And it depends on how long their show goes for. But if you tune in at 7 o'clock, there's no doubt there's going to be Thursday night, tech night with those guys kicking off. And then us at around about 7.30 or a bit of... Yibba and a yabba from 7.30 till we actually start. So come and join us. And don't forget the Aussie Tech Radio, A-U-S-S-I-E, tech, T-E-C-H, radio.com, shoutcast radio, 24-7 tech shows, New Zealand and Australian tech shows. So uh, 24-7, come in anytime you like and you're, you're bound to hear something interesting. So uh, try that out and go to that website and it'll tell you how to connect if you don't know how. So good stuff. Let's uh, jump into the introduction of tonight's hosts. And, well, let's go down to, and we're not going to forget Shane's tech history tonight. First off the rank it's going to be. So we're going to do Jason first. Hey, Jace. How you doing? Hey, how's it doing? Good, 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 good. Uh, what's been happening with you? Anything exciting? No, um, sort of planning maybe to move to Melbourne next year. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Oh, that's a big, big trip, isn't it? Yep. Oh. Well, I haven't but, lived there before. I've lived up your end of the world, but not down that end. It's a bit colder down oh, there, isn't it? Yeah, cold and rainy all the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like my grandma. Four seasons in one day. Yeah, like my grandmother used to say. She's going, you know, Melbourne, it's uh, three months winter, nine months bad weather. So that was her. That was, <laughs> that was her Has she been to England too? That's right, that's right. That was her summation of it. But I'm sure it's not that bad. Everyone in Melbourne listening, I'm sure it's not that bad. And uh, Shane, how you going? I'm doing well, Glenn. Warlock. Yeah, doing, doing good. Had a good week this week. Good. Um, 
still still doing the job hunting. Had a job interview uh, this morning, hence the kind of half decent oh. clothing. And um, yeah, so hopefully I'll hear something next week. But um, I've been applying all over the place. I've been applying Perth, uh, Canberra, Brisbane, oh, Adelaide. Wow. I haven't done Melbourne or Sydney because they're kind of a bit I've too busy for me. Man, I've so, been everywhere, yeah. man. I've been everywhere, man. Yeah, well, you might be. So, have will travel. So moving is not uh, an obstacle for you then. You're obviously keen to just go wherever the work is. Yep. Yeah, right. We'll see you down in Melbourne next year. So, like, you got, you're, it's just you guys over in uh, Perth, like your family and family family in Perth, or are they scattered or, or what's going on there? Or you just don't care? No, I mean, just we've... move. Uh, well, a bit of that. <laughs> mum and dad, uh, mum and dad, obviously, they live about 15, 20 minutes away. Um, one brother's about, we're all, we're all kind of about 15, 20 minutes away from it, each other. Yeah. Uh, Maria's family's a little bit more spread. The mum and dad are about 15, 20 minutes away. Um, oh. One brother's in the Navy, so when he's home, he's about an hour away, and the other brother's about half an hour, 45 minutes away, and he's just come okay. out of the Navy. Yeah, right. So, um, all right, well. Good luck. Good luck. Hope you get something this week. Uh, I'm sure. Thank I'm you. sure you'll get something soon enough with all your talents, your hidden talents, and uh, just tell them to watch the show. You'll you'll get something like that. I mentioned. <laughs> I actually mentioned it this morning in the interview. Oh, jeez. Why am I best behaviour tonight? Just in case they're watching. <laughs> oh, let's hope the stream. This is working. your second part of your interview. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They don't. They won't use the Facebook. They'll just watch the stream, see what you like. <laughs> well, well. Thankfully, Shane, you've got a shirt oh, on this, this is week. The weirdos that he hangs out with. Jeez, we're not going with that one. Right. Yeah. So uh, we, we would appreciate no nude runs this week, Shane, in the on the stream. Okay. Thanks very much. Okay. No worries. Now, uh, this week in tech, what what's tech history? Thanks to your Tom Merritt's chronology of tech. What what tech. what gems have you got for us? All right, so I put a whole bunch up there and I've highlighted a, probably all the techie ones. So I'm going to quickly buzz through them. It's going to be you know, more than the four that I normally do, but that's all right. November 9, 2004, the Mozilla Foundation released Firefox 1.0. It featured tab browsing and a pop-up, pop-up locker. Well, that's quite revolutionary no. for the time, wasn't it? It was, yeah. It's a little bit kind of blase now because everyone does it. Although Internet Explorer was the last one to kind of come on board with, it, I think. Oh well, yes, but they're the last normal. for everything. Yes. Yeah, true. Uh, November 10, 1983, Fred Cohen demonstrated a way to insert code into Unix command in order to gain control of systems. His academic advisor, Len Elder, Eldenman, the A in RSA, uh, compares, uh, compares the self-replicating code to a virus. It wasn't the first code of its kind. But it's the one that inspired the name. 1983. Wow. Apparently. That's a long time ago. 83. Uh, I think I was on an Apple back then. Apple. BZ200. Oh, God. Yes. Move on. Moving on. <laughs> yeah. 9 November 10, 1983. Limelight. Well, <laughs> At the Plaza Hotel in New York, Bill Gates announced Windows. It originally was, um, was called Interface Manager until That'd Roland right. Hansen convinced Gates to change the name. Oh it would take two years before Microsoft put it on sale. That'd be right, wouldn't uh, it? That it would be exactly right that Windows, if left to Bill Gates' imagination, would have been called <laughs> Interface <laughs> Manager. Well, <laughs> what would have happened to the Rolling Stones song? We wouldn't have had it in the ad, would we? It would have been, no. you can Interface Manager me up. That just wouldn't have fitted. So. <laughs> 
just wouldn't have worked. Next one. Uh, November, November 10, 2001, the first Apple iPod went on sale. Analysts agreed that the price of $399 was too high and Apple was too inexperienced in consumer electronics to make it a success. How wrong they were. How very wrong. How very, very, <laughs> very, very wrong. All right, next one. November, November 11, 2006, the Sony PS3 went on sale with a built-in Blu-ray player and hard drive. Well, you could possibly say that that might have been also, that's what killed off the HD TV or whatever it was. DVD. That's the one. Yeah, HD, HD DVD, TV. That's yeah. what I'm looking for, yeah. yes. Again, where a better quality gets bloody overrun by marketing crap. Yes. How and much better? Blu-rays when it first comes out either. The PS4 sorry. will be what? Sorry. Won't play Blu-ray movies when it first comes out. They'll patch it later with the update to the firmware. Oh, really? Why would they do that? Yeah. Of course they can. Obviously, no they put a Blu-ray player yeah. in it. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. Got a Blu-ray player. Yeah. So how much uh, did, did anyone ever have a look at HD DVD? Like to see the, the quality? Like, was I it... thought it was looking pretty cool. It probably would have won out because uh, I like the idea that the discs were in a plastic case so you couldn't get fingers on it so, you know, the kids wouldn't be able to scratch it or oh, that is get crud on it for their cake and stuff. Yes. But um, yes. you know, it's better. It's better for them if the kids do, because then you have to buy ten copies of Littlest Mermaid and Cars and mm, true, true. <laughs> all the Pixar movies. Yes. Well, I suppose you know Sony lost round one, which was the VHS slash Beta War. So I guess it's only fair that they win round two, isn't it? Yeah, so, why not? Yeah, go. swings and roundabouts. Yeah. You know, it's all fair in in formats and more. Com things. <laughs> all right, yeah. Uh, quick, do a couple. Do the last two. All right, November 12, 1990, Tim Berners-Lee published a formal proposal for Hypertext Project. The, pro the, the proposal refers to a web of information nodes the implementing a uh, and implementing browsers. The project eventually became the World Wide Web. Cool. Uh, November 13, 1982, a 15-year-old Scott Safran of Cherry Hill, New Jersey, Set the world record score in asteroids. His record stood for 27 years, the longest running high score in video game history. So, and the last one, drum roll. Oh, sorry, go on. I was just going to say, just go. So it stood for 27 years. So that means that someone in what, 2009? No, is that right? 2009 uh, beat his record. So who, who's playing? Oh, well, that's, that's it. That's insane. Why would you want to play asteroids for that long? I remember playing Asteroids on the Atari, on the Apple II. And I think Have I, you seen The uh, King of Kong? No. Is it good? It's a movie about a couple of guys who are even still this day competing to be the number one uh, highest top score for uh, Donkey Kong. All right, jeez. Yeah, yeah they right. got video of the guys video themselves playing it, and there's this guy who's there playing. He's like, okay, we go up here now. You can do this trick, and if you go across like this, and I'll confuse this. And then his son in the background is going, Dad, can you help me with my homework? <laughs> yeah, later, son. Okay. And then you go, <laughs> so, yeah. Dad, I don't need help, dude. No, no, no. I'm going to get the highest score. I'm going to get the highest score. Is it like a documentary or something? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay. I'll have to have a really, look for it. Really big rival thing. And there's a lot of controversy because the guy who was the number one all the time was the favorite. And yeah. um, everybody was rooting for him all the time. This other guy came in with proof that he could do it and he actually sat down there and did it in front of everybody and they recorded the whole thing. Yeah, and right. then the guy who was the original 
top score who said that he wouldn't show up to this recording of this other guy live for the Guinness World Records and everything said, no, nah, screw you, I'm not going to even bother turning up. And then he just, when this guy was getting to, up to the high score, he just sort of wanders in past him and you're like, oh, this guy's just trying to put him off. Mm. And then uh, it, they can't, they have, he finishes and gets a top score. And then this other guy's like, watch this, I got on a VC, VHS and he puts the tape in, they watch it. And then it gets close to a high score before it's going to clock over the machine. And then the video goes all scrambled and then it comes back and it's got this top score and everybody's like, oh, he won. And they're like, no, hang on. This looks like very oh, dodgy work here. Yes. That somebody has hacked the machine or something. And they said, no, 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 he can have it. We love him. He's great. And gave it to him. And the yeah. other guy had to fight again to try and get the top score. But nobody <laughs> actually saw him record this or do it or anything. He just produced this tape. And because he was the number one from yeah. before, everybody thought, oh, yeah, we love him. So we'll yeah, say okay. he's definitely beaten the score. Oh, so it's a really be... interesting documentary. Yeah, I'll have to look at that. I think you might have mentioned that before on the show, but I've written it down. So hopefully I remember and I'll, I'll go looking for that again. But, uh, yeah, but we all know what happened to uh, the high score in Frogger, don't we, on Seinfeld. So hopefully. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> I need holes, Jerry. <laughs> and then they're pushing it across the road and the trucks are coming past. That's right. That's pretty funny. Good old uh, Georgie. <laughs> what is it? The last one? Yes, please. Yeah. All right. November 15, 2001, Microsoft entered the game console with the first Xbox going on sale in North America. It pitted Microsoft against Sony's PS2 just three days before Nintendo's GameCube went on sale. Good old GameCube, eh? Good stuff. All right. Thanks, Shane. That was uh, quite interesting. That uh, King of Kong. I'm going to go and look for that for sure. Now, um, now the bandwidth for Aussie Tech Heads is brought to you by the Aussie Tech Heads web hosting, athwebhosting.com.au. It does what it sounds like it does. It provides hosting. So if you need a host for your website, go and check out the plans. Uh, from $5.95, but yeah, most plans probably sit around $6.95 per month. So cheap as chips. Cheap as chips. Good stuff. All right, now let's go. Let's start with Microsoft telling their employees to take a day off. Well, maybe not a day off. Stay at home. They're saying it's a Microsoft Australia Telework Initiative goes global. Now, next week, for those of you who don't know, is National Telework Week. So you want to tell your boss you want to work from home. And uh, Microsoft Australia jumped in early and told staff to stay home last Thursday. The initiative, which was led by the Microsoft Managing Director Pip Marlowe. Now, you might know Pip, good old Pip Marlowe, if you watched the interrogation of the Senate into Microsoft's uh, pricing scandal. Well, uh, she I think, I'm pretty sure she was the one. She looked like the same lady. She looked like the one that fronted up to the Senate committee. So um, she uh, saw, she, Pip Marlowe saw, the, saw Microsoft's giant, giant's 830 local workers asked to avoid the office. Uh, the spring day out followed a similar summer day out at Microsoft Australia back in February. It was seen as such a success that it has since been embraced globally with all of Microsoft's 99,000 plus staff taking part this year. Do they have that many working for them? That's huge. Yeah, so how do you go? How do you like that, eh? Yeah, cool, cool. All right, Shane, have you got any Microsoft stories? Or if, sorry, you, you can have a drink if you like. You no, wanna, no, no, that's all right. No, I've got to cut down. Um, you want to wet your whistle there? Uh, the only one that I've got that's Microsoft related is the Xbox One, Xbox One story. All right. Hit it. 
I'm getting a bit of feedback too. Oh, hey. Oh, hey. Still there? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Is it still feeding back? Only. No, not anymore. Okay, hit your hit your Microsoft. All right. Xbox One isn't about to revolutionise TV in Australia anyway. Uh, Microsoft this morning revealed the first wave of entertainment apps coming to the new Xbox One console at launch. And given the fuss it's making about watching TV on the Xbox, you'd expect them to be pretty compelling, right? Right. Not so much in Australia. And um, the story goes on to say, it goes on to list what's available here and what's available in Australia, uh, what's available here and what's available in America and what everyone is getting. Right. And basically the list is twice as long in America as what it is in Australia. All we get here is Crackle, whatever that is, Much Amina, Muzu TV, Network 10's 10 Play, Quick Flicks, SBS On Demand, TED and Twitch. Whereas in America they get Amazon, Crackle, the CW, ESPN, Fox Now, FX Now, HBO Go, Hulu Plus, uh, Michi Minor or whatever it is, Muzu TV, Netflix, uh, Redbox, Verizon, Target Ticket, TED, NFL, Twitch, uh, Univision, but you know, uh, Verizon, Fios TV, Voodoo. But you know, most of that, most like, they might get twice as much, but it's all going half of it, half as much as it's just going to be all BS. Like, who wants to watch bloody whatever? Like, you know, we've got Foxtel. There's a hundred. What is that? How many channels on Foxtel? Must be at least twenty. There must be. <laughs> there's more yeah. than that. There must be at least forty. But sometimes yeah. I can click on every single channel, except the porn channels, because I don't subscribe to those. But every single channel, <laughs> and there is nothing on. Nothing on. So, like, you know, I think um, it probably reflects the list, of the, the, the shortage list or the short list that we're getting that's going to be launched in Australia just probably reflects our population, which I don't think is too bad. Uh, Crackle, yeah, who's heard of Crackle? Much, whatever that is. Muzu, M-U-Z-U TV. Uh, so we know 10, 10, 10 play. So that's cool. Quick flicks, we know what that is, but nowhere near as good as what it should be. SBS On Demand, that's pretty cool. Ted, that's probably, you know, there's good shows on that. And Twitch, I don't know what that is either. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll find out. When's that going? November 22nd. Oh, that's going to be... Uh... So they don't even mention uh, Foxtel for Xbox, which we've already got. Mm. Maybe yeah. we don't have that anymore. Maybe they're taking that mm, back. That's interesting. That's interesting. Twitch is probably Twitch TV, is it? Yeah. It's Crackle, that, um... is, Crackle is movie, t- uh, movie previews. Oh, see, that's rubbish. That's yeah. BS. What's um, Ma- Machinima? M-A-C-H. Machinima. Yeah, Machinima. Machinima is um, animations and stuff. Usually it's done, like uh, for Minecraft, people take the 3D models out of the game and then create a story with it. I do a um, voiceover for a uh, show, a Machinima show called uh, Double Team. Okay. And it's a bit like Red versus Blue where they get the characters out of, um, Halo, yeah. and uh, they just have the characters move around and interact with each other, and we do the voices, which get um, put over the top of it, and the machinima is the three um, D models from these games acting out what we're okay. saying, and they do all the actions. Right. Oh, okay. Cool. Very, cool. very big. Very, very big on YouTube. Mm. You want to make a lot of money on YouTube, do machinima, but it's very difficult because it's like stop motion a lot of the yeah. time. Yeah, um, and all that claymation crap. 
unless yeah well this is done with actual 3d models so the problem is you have to like move it here and move it there and move it and show where this character is going you have to walk its legs across here and walk this one across here unless you've got a really expensive um animation package which will say take this character walk him across that way rotate him this way jump up and down and then walk off the screen again or something like mm. that but you have to manually do all of that yourself yeah okay so so i'm not sure why you're not flicking up on the screen there jace but anyway well um <laughs> did the same thing last week. <laughs> did he Hey, we just want to look at you yeah. and me. Everyone wants to look at you and me, Shane. That's what it is. Uh, all right. Uh, well, while, J while Jace hasn't got the spotlight, well, hopefully he can. Uh, what's, what's, what did you find interesting this week, Jace? Snapchat turned down a $3 billion buyout from Facebook. Oh. Wall Street Journal is reporting that Snapchat turned down $3 billion acquisition offer from Facebook. The offer was set to be completely cash transaction, but Snapchat, Snapchat founder Evan Spiegel held out. Those familiar with the situation say Spiegel won't likely consider any further offers until early next year. Also, Rebuff was an investment from Tencent Holdings, a Chinese company that has interest in messaging platforms like Kakao and WeChat. The offer was an investment of $200 million with a valuation of Snapchat at $4 billion. In June, Snapchat raised $60 million in venture capital on the back of an $800 million valuation. Wow. So these guys, you know, they're like... Um, Mark Zuckerberg, you know, mm. I don't want to sell it. I reckon the value is just going to keep going up forever. Yep. So, uh, you know, we could take $3 billion now or, you know, a couple of years we could take $20 billion, So we'll wait for that. Thanks. Well, I... Good luck. Everyone thinks they're yes. a bunch of dopes. Yes. I, I was just going to say, I hope they know what they're doing because obviously $3 bill, that would just set them up for life and beyond. And that, why wouldn't... If this is your first venture... Well, you know, your first, say, successful venture. Why wouldn't you take it? Then you could probably invest in three or four other ventures, you know, and, and mm -hmm. make the make say your twenty billion through other other channels. Then, but oh, geez, that's a lot of money to be snubbing your nose There's at. So many messaging apps out at the moment, and it's just yeah. going to keep on getting more and more. You know, with the guys from work, we use WhatsApp. Yeah, it's pretty good for messaging, and you can send pictures and videos and things. So. But I suppose Hopefully these guys know what they're doing. But uh, I think from what I was reading further in the article before is that the guy who's backing it was backing uh, Instagram and he was very annoyed that they sold out at only one billion to Facebook yep. because he thought that they could get a lot more than that. So he's telling these guys, don't take three billion. We can make a ton more money than that. Oh, so he wants well, he's already made his, his buck, I think. Yeah, he's already made his bill. He's all right. <laughs> He doesn't care, but I mean, like Snapchat. For those of you who don't know it, it's a it's an app that you can you send photos with it to from one from one Snapchat user to another Snapchat user. But the photos only last a certain amount of time. Like you might, I'm not sure if you can do a setting, but say it's it, they show up on the recipient's phone for say five seconds, and then once they yeah. once they've opened up the app and they've seen the photo for five seconds, the photo's gone. That's it. That's the that's the deal with this app. So it's like, I don't know, you, you can send a, a stupid photo of yourself and you know that, look, it's only going to be in the universe for five seconds to the person that you send it to and there's no way that, that other person's going to be able to share it. Unless he's got another phone and takes a photo of that screen or... <laughs> yeah, apparently there are hacks around or something. It's, um, yeah, but I mean, like, oh, $3 billion. I'd yeah. be happy with that, I reckon. <laughs> yes, yeah. It's like, you know, you watch that show, The Dragon's Den, 
you know, and, and the, the, the millionaires offer offer a investment in the company and they'll turn it down. Like these would be yeah. entrepreneurs. They got this they just got their idea, they're just starting out, that's why they need the money. Uh, and they're they're turning investment down and exper- investment and experience down. I don't understand. Yeah. You know, get it off the ground and go and do the next one. Jeez. You know, that's what an entrepreneur does. Not really their money. It's all come from the VC guys. And if they just yeah. keep pumping money in, then, you know, if it goes down, well, it was the VC guy's money, not mine. So it doesn't matter. And if it keeps going up, well, we win. So yeah. I guess that's what they look at. Well, I suppose so. But look, another, that, that three billion turn down was not the only shock of the week. I'll tell you another, I'll tell you another shock. Blackberry shock. <laughs> <A sales. laughs> dun, dun, dun. No, it hasn't died. It's sort of like XP. It just lingers. It's just like <laughs> it's it's just dangling and, yeah, and you know what else lingers, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's one of those. It's just lingering around like a like an elevator. Now, uh, BlackBerry sales share has increased in Australia, the only region of nine audited regions by Kantar World Panel where sales didn't fall. The figures showed BlackBerry sales increased by 0.9 points from 0.4% of sales share in the quarter ended September uh, 2012 to 1.3% to the most recent quarter. So this is sales in the quarter to September 2012. So this is before their new phone come out. Before their, what their, before the 10 come out. That's only just been released earlier this year, I, I believe. The numbers pale, pale into insignificance even, into just inconsequential insignificance uh, to those of iOS, which rose from 25.9% to 32.9%, and Android, which fell from 66.1% to 55.3%. So some of those Android people, they've gone to BlackBerry. (laughs) (laughs) And some went with that shiny gold iPhone, right? Ah, the gold. pretty. Fellow... um, Has um, has, um, Michael got his yet? No, no, he hasn't. <laughs> now, M- Michael being Michael from the Aussie MacZone.com.au. So that's a Mac-related podcast Tuesday nights or on iTunes. So uh, yeah, check that one out as well if you're into Mac. There's more. There's a lot. It's probably concentrating on the Apple and Mac news, iPhones and all that sort of stuff on that show. And Michael, who's one of the hosts on that show, he's been he's ordered his iPod, his his gold iPhone through a telco, and is still waiting for it. Yes, so that's uh, he's very upset. That was a very smooth segue. Yes, <laughs> I try and slip him in every every week. All right, all right, hit us up, Shane. All right, I'm going to do the Google Goggles story, the Google Google Glass story. Yep. Uh, Google is going to take Google Glass. The uh, hang on, Google is going to let you get Google Glass with prescription lenses in early 2014. A company called Rochester Optical is the one that will be building the uh, prescription lenses. Rochester is also going to be making fashion and sports lenses for for glass. There is no word on pricing or styles or anything right now, but the information will almost certainly come to light in the next few months because Google is planning to let anyone buy glass starting at the beginning of next year. But they're not actual glasses, are they? they just got the little vision thing up here so why would they like prescription what is it so that you just you wear them as glasses and so yeah yeah 
Yeah, okay. It'll be, it'll be uh, instead of buying a pair of glasses and trying to clip some little camera thing on the top, it'll just have the frames that will fit normal prescription lens in there and it'll have the thing up there as well. Yeah, okay. So, so it'll be interesting to see how they enforce laws like, you know, let her wear Google Glass while, they're, while you're driving and all that kind of stuff. If you say to, the, say to the cop, well, you know, they're prescription glasses, what can you do about it? Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Interesting. I wonder how they're going to Or the casino it. or places like that. Yeah. Plus, they can do navigation for your GPS, so they can be showing you where you're driving to. Well, yes, but, you but it doesn't obst- it doesn't obstruct or obscure your vision. It's just up the top there, and you have to glance up a bit just to see where it is, or it's just mm. out of the corner of your eye. So it's not like a heads-up display that's across the top of your screen, and you're not uh, T one thousand from Terminator analyzing everything as it goes past. But it's just out of the corner of your eye, so it's not really um, distracting enough. Yeah. I mean, you can quickly look up and see message from Glenn. Get on the show tonight, okay? And keep on driving in in that time. Hopefully, you haven't run over any dogs. <laughs> yeah, so your picture of me and you run into a tree. <laughs> so now, um, Google Glass, that's good. So hopefully, when they become available next year, that'll be uh, fantastic. But they're probably going to be too expensive. But they're hoping to get them down to what, about three hundred or four hundred, aren't they? Do you reckon they're going to come down that far, or do you reckon they'll be up uh, eight hundred, nine hundred? I think they're fifteen at the moment. Yeah, yeah, at the moment. But no one will buy them at fifteen. Only, only the real square heads. <laughs> At the moment, the guys who do have them already can um, send an invitation to their friends to uh, purchase them for 15 Oh, really? Right, right. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'd be uh, inclined to wait. <laughs> 1500 If I was one of the guys that did Snapchat, I'd take that $3 billion and buy a pair for sure. Now, do you want to win a, win a Nokia Lumina 520? Go over to TV. They're little New Zealand, well, I was going to say little New Zealand guys, <laughs> but they're New Zealand guys. Not little New Zealand people. Yeah, it's just sure. tiny little ones. Just They run around in a tiny little village. Just Follow doing, the yellow brick road. Just toiling away doing tiny little things. <laughs> but if you want to win Geeks Fit, they're, they're, um, they're, um, I'm going to watch their next episode and see whether we get a mention now. <laughs> They're uh, New Zealanders with a with a little podcast. That's what I was trying to get out. And uh, what they they are they they do their geeks fear g w k s p h e r e dot tv. They're giving away a Nokia Lumina five twenty. It's open to people in Australia as well. So if you wish to enter, all you got to do is just leave a review on the iTunes. Uh, podcast page so read go to their website have a look for the instructions on how to win and i think it closes pretty soon so i'm just telling you that because the guys put together a nice little podcast with uh and also video sometimes as well uh they try and do a companion cast with a bit of video as well so that's all good the 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 uh, comp closed on the november 26th uh, that's when they will be randomly drawing a winner. So get yourself into some of that action because that sounds like uh, pretty good. That's pretty good. All right. Now, Jace, did you have a story? Uh, another story, please. <coughs> Lumia. <coughs> yeah. Not I- Lumina. Oh, I keep saying Lumina, don't Lumina. I? Lumina. <laughs> Amazon launches Australian Kindle store. Amazon has made a number of announcements about the expansion of its operations in Australia announcing that the Australian Kindle store is now open and that a range of hardware is now available in Australia, both online and through retail partners. 
Firstly, on the Australian Kindle store, over 2 million ebooks are on offer, including 26,000 free English language titles. A range of current bestsellers in fiction, sports, cookbooks, and even graphic novels are available. Over 700,000 books are priced at $3.99 or less, and 1.4 million are priced at $9.99 or less. Mm. Oh, Hence the launch of Amazon.com.au website, too. I've always, always been into graphic novels. Because I, I like all the pictures, so that's good. I'm glad they got the uh, bits of everything for everybody. So I'm, I'm happy with that. Finally, that's... we get supported. I mean, you can't watch the uh, Amazon Prime movies, unfortunately, but I think they've got uh, quick clicks in there, which, of course, hmm. everybody loves so much. Well, I think Quick Flix is a lot better in the US than it is. Well, look, I haven't tried it for a little while, but I got a free a free month's trial, and I'll tell you, it was rubbish <laughs> it was rubbish yeah. like they get me. the lovely netflix and we get uh quick flicks yeah that's that's right but, uh, there yeah. was something announced this week is that people who have tivo casper wallets with uh credit in there can trade it in for uh quick flicks credit or uh donate to charity oh okay donate to charity there you go well but yeah so, so um, tivo is definitely given up <laughs> yeah well, i'd say you think they're just they're finished what happens if you got a TiVo? You just they've been dying a very long, slow death. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, so long as they can keep up a stream for the um, t- the TV guide episode guide, you should be fine. Mm. Uh, you won't be able to watch any of the Casper stuff because I guess that'll be going away. But so long as they can, I don't know if they'll do a deal with Ice TV or something. But they need to yeah. get the uh, episode guide from somewhere, and then your TiVo will just keep working anyway. Yeah, I never it's not went. Like we had any decent support here. <laughs> Because you bought, you've got one, haven't you? You got TiVo. Yep, sitting over there gathering dust. Yeah, right. I never went for them because, oh, this is going back a bit when they were first introduced. But I, you couldn't fast forward or something, or you couldn't commercial you skip. Can't forward, fast, yeah, can't commercial skip in Australia. Right, right, right. I know there was something, and I thought, well, that's a bit crazy. Uh, and that plus they were six hundred odd, weren't they? Six hundred bucks or something. Mine was about eight. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, I mean, when, when you're watching something, it'll go, you can fast forward up to three times, which is like 64 times speed or something. Yeah. But uh, when you see the ad, when you through the ads, and when you see the ad finish, you press play, it will go back about, oh, okay. you know, five seconds so that it does start. You get really good at that. In fact, you almost have a game with your family. It's like, watch this, watch this. <laughs> okay, play. Look yeah. at that. It started right at the start of Neighbours. Oh, sweet. Yeah, well, I like the oh, commercial skip. I've got the Windows Media Center, and it skips 30 seconds every button press. And, you know, you just got to push it six times, and you really threw the commercials in a second. <laughs> it's so good. It's yeah. so good. Uh, Elop, old mate Elop, will bring Office, Microsoft Office, to Apple, Google, and Google, if named CEO, Microsoft CEO. Now, Stephen Elop would change Microsoft's long-standing strategy of using Office as a lure for Windows PC and mobile device sales if he's named to replace the departing Bulma as chief executive. Now, Bloomberg reported this on Friday. So good on Bloomberg. They wouldn't tell us any lies, would they? And so, look, that's a that's a big, big shift because it's, they've resisted it going to other platforms. Remember, they were promising the Office on iPhone for years or on iOS for years. And it finally came, 
but you have to uh, have a, a subscription to Office 365, which is probably okay, uh, but it wasn't like a uh, installable standalone Office product onto the iPhone. Uh, so it's yes, good idea. Uh, yeah, why not? I, I think Windows, you know, as an operating system. Yeah, I don't know. I think there's uh, yeah, it could be it could be running out of steam. Like not like in any time soon. Well, their cash, their cash cows, their cash cows have always been Windows and Office. They Office sells mm. a lot, and they get a ton of money from that. So you know, not putting it on other platforms is just letting money up on the table there. Yeah, well, yeah, that's right. But then Microsoft's uh, spokesperson Frank Shaw dismissed the accuracy of the report with a dash of sarcasm, uh, quote, and saying, "We appreciate Bloomberg's foray into fiction." And look forward to future episodes. <laughs> it sounds like I a... mean, there's been screenshots all over the internet for like a year of an iPad with Office running on it. So it's there. They just haven't pressed the button that says publish this on the App Store. Yeah. Someone else who hasn't pushed the uh, pushed the button is Google for your Nexus, Jace. But HTC One is to get Android KitKat upgrade. HTC Which one. I've also got, but it has to be approved by Telstra as well, of course, which means we'll get it a couple more months after that. <laughs> so, what, you've already got the KitKat? No. Oh, okay. But I've got an HTC One, but um, the update would have to be approved by Telstra and then enabled on the phone after Telstra have tested all their apps and updated all their apps for it. So, I mean, right. it's... It'll come out to HTC One, but we won't get it for a couple of months after that. And it was supposed to be rolled out to my Nexus Seven yesterday, but still waiting now. Can't you? You could root the HTC though to put it on if you wanted. Yeah, they were, uh, there was a release of a um, Google AOS version, um, which was just pure Google version of uh, KitKat. Well, it was before KitKat for um, the. Uh, HTC One, you would lose all the funky applications that HTC have made, but you could just stick that on your phone instead. And yeah. in which case, you would have got a notification by now that KitKat is ready because it doesn't need to be approved by anybody. So it's mm. up to you whether you would like to keep your funky uh, camera apps and a couple other things that uh, HTC do, or if you wanted to go with a pure Google experience and just install that, and then you would get all the updates as soon as they came out. So. Well, HTC isn't there also. Um, I saw it a couple of times, and I thought, oh, I won't add it because someone else will have it. Um, where, oh, what's that mob called that have their own mods? Cyanogen. Yeah, haven't mm. they got something that's just been put in the Google Play Store? Haven't Probably. they got one of their latest mods that's based around four point three or four point four, and it's actually Probably an installer. Probably. On the um, Google Play Store, I'm sure I saw it. Jeez, it wouldn't be on the Play yeah, Store. Probably the clock, clockwork, clockwork mod. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's definitely on the Play Store. It's a um, thing where you put something on your phone, you put a piece of software on your PC, you hook your phone up with your PC, and it's all yep. kind of next, next, next. Kind of, it's a really, you know, signage mod for dummies kind of thing. We can't. Look at that terrible thing on my <laughs> screen there for my. It's look at that. It still says it's up to date. <laughs> Damn it! And what? And what's that? A Nexus one? It's the Google Nexus Seven. Well, you need the Nexus Five because they've already got KitKat. They would. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so you're two. What you two? I think it's the only one. 
Yeah. So HTC confirmed that owners of the Google Play edition of the One will be able to upgrade their handsets from the end of November. And Google Play edition S4 uh, owners are also expected their upgrade. There is, however, no word on exact, exact dates for Samsung Galaxy S4 Note 3 LG G2 owners to look forward to for the time being. So, ba to you guys. The Osdroid guys did today publish a uh, page where they've got links to the actual firmware for KitKat for the Asus 7 tablets, 2012-2013 versions. And you could download it and then download the um, Android kit and then plug it into your computer and upload it and do a bunch of funky stuff. It's like 12 steps to get it on there. Yeah, I right. might just wait till it officially comes yeah. through automatically over the air. Well, it's going to be safer that way. Easier. Uh, and not too lazy. Yeah, and that too. All right. Now, uh, yes, and Ozdroid, that's the show on the shoutcast, AussieTechRadio.com. So that's one of the, the shows every week. Uh, Jace, you got another story for us, please? Sure do. Apple II DOS source code released by Computer History Museum. The Computer History Museum and DigiBarn Computer Museum announced it's publishing the original DOS source code for Apple's 1978 Apple II. The Apple II was the first fully assembled computer with a monitor that Apple sold following the Apple I and originally retailed for $1,298 for the base model with just 4K of memory. Ooh. In April of 78, Steve Jobs and Shepardson signed a contract that would see Apple pay $13,000 for a file manager, a basic interface, and utilities. The source code being released today is scans of the original documents that Lawton kept over the last 30-plus years. Yeah, wow. Steve Wozniak soon created a brilliant hardware design for a floppy disk controller, but it needed software to organize the disk. On April 10, 1978, Bob Shepardson and Steve Jobs signed a $13,000 one-page contract for a file manager, and it specified that delivery will be May 15, which was incredibly aggressive, but amazingly, Apple II DOS version 3.1 was released in June 1978. There you go. So DOS, Apple DOS 3.1. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, I, I like, it's all printed on that pin feed paper too with the... Every second line shaded a bit, so it's very uh, dot matrixy, isn't it? It's, it is, it's yeah. <laughs> very, very dot matrixy. So I wonder how long that was. Did it say? Sorry, in that article, about, I wonder how many pages or whatever. You know, like it didn't a, say how many pages, but uh, the guy who wrote it was a contractor for Shepherds and Microsystems and wrote the DOS for Apple II in only seven weeks. Cool. And Apple delivered it to eager customers on June of 1978. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's wild. That's wild. But yeah, so it's good. It's interesting to see all these, uh, you know, all this old stuff, and um, you know, just because we all remember it, don't we? We all remember it. Yeah, it wasn't that long ago they released the source code for Mac Paint as well, and you could see how they did that way back in the day. Oh yeah, cool. Now a new invisibility cloak has been designed. Wow, for those of you who are interested in invisibility and their cloaks, <laughs> there's a new one. Now let me find the graphic here. Uh, a new broadband invisibility cloak, which hides objects over a wide range of frequencies, has been devised. Our, now, this is a uh, Professor Andrea Alou from the University of Texas at Austin. Our active cloak is a completely new concept and design aimed at beating the limits of 
current cloaks, and we should show that it does indeed. If you want to make an object transparent at all angles and over broad bandwidths, this is a good solution. We are looking into real, realizing this technology at the moment, but we are still in the early stages. Now, as with everything, well, I know we uh, just gloss over probably a lot of these like stories but if you'd want to dig deeper into the stories that there's links in the show notes so if you go to the aussietechheads.com.au forward slash podcast you'll find a link uh to the show notes so just go and have a look at them they're all they all link back to the original stories so this uh and like for those on if you guys on the audio well you'll probably be able to find a picture of it look that's looks pretty good oh look i'll flash it up here again for everyone but i mean like you can pretend you're harry potter yeah like i got no idea how that is supposed to work. But like the guy does take on the background of where he's standing, but like, seriously, how? If you stand in front of something, if there's no mirrors reflecting what's behind you, whatever, you know what I mean? How does that work? But anyway, maybe, maybe the, the little boffins have got their heads together and they've come up with something once again. They're smart little dudes, aren't they? Magic! You're a wizard, oh, Harry! That's right. Maybe Harry left the, the formula laying around. Damn, Harry. Alright, Shane, what are you up to? Hello. Hello. Give us a story. Uh, I just... <laughs> I just, I was looking for that um, story about the Cyanogen mod and I found... Um, it's not the one that I found earlier, but seen it. I've got the story about the, the mod. So I'll just quickly read what I found. Cyanogen mod from installer now on Google Play Store. Uh, in a breakthrough for Android device cons- uh, customization, the team behind the Cyanogen mod ROM has released an installer for their modified software on the Google Play Store. Um, the app, which guides users through the process of downloading and installing the Cyanogen mod custom ROM, currently only supports phones and tablets from the Google Nexus lineup, as well as Samsung's Galaxy and HTC One series. Um, while it's likely that more devices will be supported in the future, compatibility includes most popular handsets uh, available, such as the Samsung Galaxy, and goes on repeats itself. The installer requires a Windows PC and USB cable, prompting users through every step of the installation process, and it goes on and on and on and on. Hmm. Yeah, so there you go. So you can do uh, rooting your phone. Go and have a look at, uh, just type in, uh, what did you, you Google? Cyanogen Play Store? That'll probably get you there. Uh, Cyanogen Mod Installer. Um, and yeah, it was one of, I think it was the first story. Cool. All right. Uh, better give us another story from the notes as well, please, Shane. Yeah, okay. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, that's all right. All right. You're, um, all right. You're, they're good. So I've got a fairly lengthy one um, about the history behind some of the tech names. Or I can do the one about the CIA, or I can do the one about um, Snowden. Which one do you want me to do? Uh, what about your face and name will appear in Google Ads? Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Where did that go? That's, a, uh, that's an important one. That's probably your oh, yeah. first one. Right at the top. <laughs> your face and name will appear in Google Ads starting today. Google has updated its terms of service allowing the company to use your profile information in ads. That means your face, name, and personal details which start will start popping up all over the all over your network. Yay! As we learned from Facebook, uh, Fury into social ads, plenty of people don't like their face and name to show up in ads, so much so that they sued the company and they won. You can opt out by unchecking the box at the bottom of the um, of this page, like in the actual story, if you follow the, the link. Um, you can also read more about the new terms of service 
here again the link's been removed but in the show notes in the actual story it's got the link um but yeah and it just repeats itself you can opt out so um i have to be wary of it if you don't if you don't read the terms and service or the t's and c's like nobody does um in this particular case you're allowing google to basically say that you endorse anything that they wish to advertise well I guess so. I, I don't uh, think that they... How far can they get if Facebook got trounced so badly in the public arena? Like, how far can they? do you think they can go? But like, I went into the to that story straight away when I read it and clicked on, get me out of here, and uh, untext it, you know. <laughs> and it goes, oh, your friends won't be able to, to follow you precisely and see what you've recommended. And I went, well, they can ring me. <laughs> like, geez. Like, um, yeah, because you don't know where it's going to come up. Like, well, I've got no real issues about it, but... If I had a preference, I'd rather it not. So, yeah, yeah, that's my preference. Uh, Jace, preference? Yes, no, don't care? No. Don't care? Either way. <laughs> Next. Next. Okay. Uh, what about, well, let me let me have a look and see what I've got. Let me go all the way back up the top here. Uh, oh, here's one here. Optus serves up throttle-free unlimited broadband. Just as Will cancels with them. Oh, dear. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, they've done it. Now, Will is uh, not here again tonight. He is changing broadband providers, and he's going to Sprintel. <laughs> so he's finally getting rid of Optus, who was giving him grief over all these periods of time. So Sprintel, uh, he hopefully... Spin. Spintel. And he must have had a lisp when he was talking to me. And so, <laughs> so when next week, hopefully, he will be on the show. And if he's on the show next week, we know that the, the spin has worked. But uh, Optus, getting back to the story, Optus has uh, a, now they've, they've released a $135 monthly plan for their NBN, NBN uh, package. It's a top tier. It's uh, unlimited downloads. Crazy stuff, I know, on N- on NBN as well. 100 megs down and 40 megs up. Uh, Optus customers can get unlimited broadband data with no throttling. So uh, that's, that's pretty cool. But uh, as with everything, there's always the acceptable use policy, which applies to all plans. The Optus spokesman has... has Hold everyone. They're pretty clear that there's an acceptable use policy. That policy mostly seeks to stop users from sending spam, conducting illegal activities. However, it does not define as unreasonable any usage of the service that affects other customers' access to the network. Unlimited calling. Now, this is a this is a biggie as well. Unlimited unlimited calling to local, national, and one three and one three hundred numbers. How's that grab you? So this that's the first because I think there's always there's been a lot of complaints and a lot of um, uh, yeah anxiety about you know people calling one three and one three hundred numbers especially to government departments and they've been costing them money it's thirty cents but you know still it all add up if you have to ring the doll office every day it all adds up doesn't it uh, and Australian yeah, unlimited international calls through landlines in twenty five countries blah 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 customers customers must sign a two year contract. To get the unlimited plans, if you don't want to sign into a contract, well, you just ping off, uh, ping them another ten bucks a month, and apparently you, uh, yeah, you don't have to sign a contract. You could probably do the ten bucks for the first month, and if the service worked all right, we'll sign a contract and say ten bucks a month. That's how I'd be doing it. Yeah, so go and have a look at that if you're looking for MBN Optus broadband speeds. Uh, Chase, 
What else is going on in your part of the world? Anything? Yeah, it's a uh, Instagram scam that tricked 100,000 users into giving away their passwords. Insert your username and password, get free followers and likes. This is what tens of thousands of Instagram users thought was happening. More than 100,000 Instagram users fell for a bold, effective scam called Instant Like, an app that promised free likes and followers on the photo sharing platform. The app asked users to share their username and passwords after downloading, turning them to willing participants of a giant social botnet. After users signed up for the free app, Instalike would begin liking random photos and following random users. It also asked users to buy virtual coins to accrue more likes and followers, according to a new research by security firm Semantic. We don't steal your account, the app developers promised with the login screen, (laughs) but that's exactly what they did. The app allocated 20 free coins per day to users. One like would cost you one coin and one follower cost 10 coins. After those 20 daily coins, the user had to buy more with real money. The minimum purchase of 100 coins would set you back just $1. And if you referred another user to Instlike, you would receive 50 free coins, encouraging users to create new players. The app included an auto-like feature that sent 500 likes to pictures with common hashtags in hopes of receiving likes in return or followbacks. For 20 coins, the user could purchase a one-day premium service that allowed him to send up to 1,500 likes and customise the target hashtags. Well, that's very nasty, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, so... And I got through the Google Play Store and the Apple App Store and was on there for a few months of each. Mm, so it's been pulled by the yes. by sounding of what you just said. Yes, it has. Uh, yeah, all these apps these days, they've all got, uh, you, you start off with so many coins or whatever, and then, you know, a bit of solitaire or whatever game it is, and you just got to buy more coins. Yeah, oh, well, that's when I stopped playing them. They want to be popular and have everybody like their stuff, but, uh, mm. you know, random likes for people you don't know don't really matter people and don't give away typing in your username and password into every little thing that you find. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Well, I think, you know, why, why can't they follow, like, the Angry Birds model you know you give a bit away for free and you, you give a you charge a bit more for more levels or however they did it but you know look at that thing now there's they, they got not just is it the game but it's they've got soft toys and game like physical games and probably board games there was a movie like you know geez that's yeah. that's just gone out of control that game it's gone out of control uh it died off a bit of late I haven't heard much and of it, bankrupt when they came up with the idea for that one they nearly went bankrupt. Yeah, it was about their, I think, 52nd game that they'd released by Rovio. Oh. And uh, if this, if uh, Angry Birds didn't do any good, they were going to shut down the company because they'd run out of money and they were going bankrupt. But uh, Angry Birds saved them and became a million, million, million dollar empire. Yeah, right. Yeah, it is doing well. And uh, also your other story there, Aspiring Coders, Jace. That, that was quite yes. interesting as yes. well, yes. Inspiring coders hone their skills at Coder Dojo. In a bid to tap in the city's startup spirit, Brisbane City Council has launched a new program where kids can learn basic software development skills from volunteer mentors. It's called Coder Dojo and it's a worldwide movement with clubs in more than 200 cities. Brisbane is the first in Australia to get on board. The participants aged between 7 and 17 helped decide which programs they would learn. John, who runs it, says that one seven-year-old girl was able to develop a simple computer game using Scratch in a minute. It looked like a pretty fun game, he says. The platform was so compelling for her, and she grasped the concept behind it so quickly, she was able to develop this simple game in 60 seconds. 
he says that some of the more advanced participants would also get exposure to the Python environment. Oh, that's uh, that's intense, isn't it? Seven years old and uh, doing like a little basic Yeah, little well, game. I, I started uh, making games with my daughter. Um, we used, we, a while ago, there was um, a Google, had a uh, Android app uh, create a program that was very simple. It was like Scratch where you just drag this here, drag that there, put these together, click on this to say what this does and the way it went. And uh, we just made a little app. You can, in, because... Uh, it's not like the iPhone. If you enable third-party stuff, you can install anything on there really easy. So uh, we just created this little game, this little program that had a picture of her favorite character, which was Pikachu. We just got some Google images, and we found uh, Pikachu.mp3, oh, .wav, which would play a noise with Pikachu saying, Pikachu! <laughs> and then uh, I showed her how to set it up so that when you touch on the Pikachu, he would say his name and then uploaded it to my little... Uh, old HTC Magic phone that I wasn't using anymore. And uh, she made her own little game that way. So, And then since then, uh, we collaborated on a game called Fairy Defense where she drew, I said, uh, because we had uh, school holidays and I was like, well, instead of just watching cartoons all the time and watching TV and stuff, yeah. why don't we do something interesting together? So I said, what if we come up with a game? So together we made up this game called Fairy Defense and she drew a picture of a fairy I drew a picture of a dragon and then she drew some bonus points and pickups and things like this. And I just uh, took photos of it with my um, iPhone that I had at the time, put it in the computer and then uh, digitized it with uh, MS Paint and made it into the, um, the graphics for the game. Yeah, and right. then uh, we both used a microphone to make sound effects <laughs> for the characters and upload it into the game. And then we had this cool game where yeah. you had a fairy that you could move up and down the screen and a dragon would come on and breathe fire across the screen. You had to duck out of the road and then you use your magic wand to um, blast the dragon. And after a couple of hits, he would fall down and a little bit later, another dragon would come on and you just fight each other like that. It was yeah, right. Really Sweet. good, fun project for us to do together. Yeah, and that's excellent. She was only eight when we did that. Yeah, that's 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 awesome. Yeah, good on you. Yeah, because uh, yeah, good on you for doing that. Because a lot of kids just just sit and watch TV or school holidays, which is really bad. But um, yeah, next school well, holidays, we, we I'll put a, my kids on a plane and send them over to you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had a, had another holiday earlier this year. I think it was around Easter holidays, and I was showing her how to make plugins for Minecraft. So she made a couple of those, and we had fun doing that together. So is she a tech head? Get her into the kitty stuff. Yeah, she's like the her favorite subject at school is uh, computers, and she's the number one student in the class for it, of course. Yeah, and mum right. and dad are both geeks, so what can you do? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah, good stuff. That's a good. That's a good story. All right. So, so you 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 could be a uh, coder dojo. You are a coder dojo. You know, I am. <laughs> you are the dojo of Coda. <laughs> Don't you know? <laughs> or right. Sensei, the dojo is actually the, the, the place they do it in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I learned Sensei. that from Karate Kid. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I learned that on Biggest Loser. All right, so <laughs> what's um what what's the name what's the tech name origin chain? Give us a couple of those, please. Where did the names of our well known household tech gadgetry websites and all that? Where did where did where did they come up with these names, Shane? All right, I'll quickly rattle through a few. Bluetooth uh, is apparently named after a um, a Viking king called Harold Bluetooth. Was the Viking king of Denmark. Between 1958 and 1970, King Harold was famous for uniting parts of Denmark and Norway, Norway 
into one nation and converting the Danes into Christianity. Hence probably... Bluetooth being a connectivity thing. Oh, you're right. I was going to say, he probably, had, he probably had rotten teeth and some colorblind bloke come up and went, ah, Bluetooth. All right, next one. No, no, no. eBay, the site would uh, become eBay, who, which would become eBay, started life as Auction Web or Auction Web, uh, which was part of a larger personal site run by former Apple software engineer Pierre Omidaye. I probably butchered that name. Um, as Auction Web grew in popularity, Odimiare decided to spin it off into its own entity. Uh, which he wanted to call Echo Bay after the consulting firm Echo Bay Technology Group. Unfortunately, the echobay.com domain was already taken, oh. so Omidare shortened it to the available ebay.com. Yeah, right. Well, that's, that's interesting, isn't it? Google, go. um, this is probably well known, well, part of the story is at least anyway, the word Google, note the third O uh, and the lack of the E, is a mathematical term for the number uh, the number 10, to the 100th power or one followed by 100 zeros. Sean Anderson misspelled the word Google when registering the name. Oh, serious? Google. Yeah. Wow. He missed Yeah, they got some, they did some work and um, they said, the, the guy said, oh, who do I write out the check to you guys for? And they said, Google. So he goes, G-O-O-G-L-E. And yeah, okay. uh, they go, oh, we need to register a company with that name because we can't cash the check. Oh, let's just rename it. That sounds really cool anyway. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, that, that's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, just serendipity all over the show, I suppose. Uh, yeah, what's um, just quickly do that Amazon. That looks like a biggie, but, you know, can you briefly do that one? Yeah, yeah, I can abbreviate. Uh, founder Jeff uh, Bezos uh, said originally dubbed the company Cadabra, as in Abracadabra. Um, but when his lawyer misheard the name as Godiva, as in dead person, um, Bezos decided the company not, needed a new, less morgue-friendly name. Bezos, not, not uh, Lady Godiva. Yeah. Bezos was <laughs> um, rummaging through the dictionary. Um, first chapters in, uh, dictionary's first chapter in search for a likely business name and eventually settled on Amazon. Why, according to him? Because it referred to the biggest river in the world, the biggest uh, by a long shot. Um, on a tangent, take a look at the subliminal messaging in the current Amazon logo, which isn't actually part of the show notes, um, which features a slightly askew smirk beneath the Amazon name. Note how the smirk resembles an arrow connecting the first A in Amazon with the letter Z, subliminally driving home the point the store delivers everything from A to Z. Oh, really? There you go. Yeah, have a look at the logo. Yeah, that does too. Yeah, okay. Cool. Now, how, how many of us remember Lady Cadiva? That's, that's, I haven't heard of her for a late, a long time. So probably all the all the old people on the panel here probably have heard of her. Shane probably yes, hasn't. <laughs> Shane, you heard of Lady Cadiva, Shane? Why are you singling me out? Well, well that's older than me, surely. Lady Godiva was the one who rode a horse naked through the town. That's right. <laughs> See? I'd only heard of the name. I didn't know the story behind it. And oh. he was saying cadaver. Yes. He's a dead person. That's right. Not Godiva. <laughs> All no. right. Nintendo. Nintendo. Uh, let me go back up. Nintendo traces its roots back to 1889 with the company produced and made playing cards painted on... Uh, mulberry bark, mulberry tree bark, and 
used in a game known as Hanafuda or Hanafuda. Hanafuda is a game of chance. It dates back several centuries and is closely associated with gambling and the Yakuza. In and the Yakuza, indeed, the name Yakuza translates to eight nine three, a losing hand in the blackjack like game. The name Nintendo in in Japanese roughly translates as leave luck to heaven or in heaven's hands okay. after trying its hands um after trying its hand excuse the pun at numerous uh, endeavors over the next century the company eventually found its way into the toy industry by the 70s uh was a natural jumping off point into the beginning of the video game market burgeoning video game market yeah right so look there's a couple more there in the show notes there's uh nokia there's uh sony and I oh, look, just give us Sony because that's a pretty big company. We'll do. Well, we'll yep. do. Just quickly do the Sony, uh, Yahoo, and Apple. That'll do. Right, cool. Uh, so Sony, in the first decade of its existence, the company uh, went by the name Tokyo Tsunsi. You just wanted me to do this because you knew I was going <laughs> to stuff up these names. Tokyo Tsunsi Yogyo. Or in English, Tokyo Telecommunications Engineering Company. Oh, the company's cool. founders felt that they needed to uh, change its Japanese name. Um, oh, if really? it's going to be successful to compete in the developed uh, post-war markets of Europe and the United States. At the time, in those markets, made in Japan was synonymous with cheap junk. The company's founders oh, chose circle. the word Sony <laughs> as, uh, as a combination of the Latin word Sonos meaning sound, and I'm guessing that's where the sound system Sonos got its name from, uh, and the common American colloquialism, Sonny Boy. Sonny Boy. Was, was he in yes. the Waltons? No, that's Jim Boy. Jim Boy. John, yeah, John, John Boy. Boy. John, yeah, John, John Boy. Yeah. Not John Mary Boy. Is he the one with the dot on his cheek? With the wart on his cheek or whatever it was? A mole yeah. or whatever it was? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. I just remember the night, John <laughs> yeah. Boy. All right. Uh, it's a lanky one. Yeah. You want me to do Yahoo? Yeah, yeah do Yahoo. Uh, Yahoo. Seriously, do Yahoo. The company began, the company began as a hobby of Stanford Uni student, uh, PhD candidates David Philo and Jerry Yang kept a list of their favourite sites. As the list began to grow, uh, include categories and subcategories, the peer realised that uh, they might have a service that would be useful to early web surfers. It was originally a matter-of-factly called Jerry and... David's Guide to the World Wide Web. The pair eventually decided on the fun exclamation exclamation enlivened brand Yahoo, which was uh, acronymed to encompass yet another hierarchical officious oracle. The full name lacking the explanation point at this uh, for some reason. Yet another hierarchical... A fish, a, a, a fish, a fish's oracle. My goodness! I think it was a, I think it was a jive oracle at the time because Oracle was obviously yeah. a big database kind of company. Yeah, right. And uh, finish up, yeah, with Apple, please. All right. So this is, is another one that people probably know part or most of the story of. As Jobs and Wozniak were mulling over a name uh, for their uh, for their nascent company, uh, Jobs had just returned from a visit to the communal apple farm. Off the cuff, he proposed the name Apple Computer. The term he explained to Isaacson, who wrote the um, typography, sounded fun, spirited, and not intimidating. Apple took the edge off the word computer. 
plus it would get ahead of uh, Atari in the phone book. Mm, that's right. Some would say the poison fruit, and some wouldn't. All right, let's uh, probably look. There's more sh- show. Uh, there's a couple more stories in the show notes. So if you want to have a look at those, go to the webpage and suss those little guys out. Uh, probably uh, the only other thing I probably should mention, if you're interested, is IE11 has come out for Windows 7. Microsoft has extended access to the latest version of Internet Explorer, which previously only came to the uh, 8.1 platform. Uh, but now it's available to Windows 7. So jump on that. If you want Windows uh, Internet Explorer 11, you can go get it from the download, Windows download or Windows update. Or if you go to the in, uh, Microsoft site or follow links in the show notes, you'll be able to download it from there. But, well, fair income, you're going to get it from the update site. That's the easiest. And install it. And, yeah, whiz, bang, wibbity do. you got IE 11. Okay. Uh, I think that's it. Are we all, you guys all pretty much done? I know there's good. other stories there, but if you, if you really have a hankering to get them out, you let me know. But other than that, I think we'll wind up for another week. Cool. Good stuff. All right. The only other thing I wanted to say was um, thanks to Stuart for sending me the photo of the uh, Endeavour. And um, obviously uh, I got the email and got the suggestions about how we can improve the show. And I believe Glenn got a copy of the email too. So, um, yes. I did. Thanks again. I did. I saw the big, big thing. That was good. Big, big, whatever it was. Space shuttle. Yeah, it looked huge. It was good. All right. Um, Yeah, if you want to contact us, uh, contact me. We've all got Twitters. Uh, Jace is at Warlock, W-A-U-L-O-K. Shane is at Shane with a Y, 1973. I'm at Glenn 2Ns Goodman. And also the show at Aussie Tech Heads. If you want to email us, it's email who we are at aussietechheads.com.au. Uh, don't forget the web hosting and also whatever else that's there on the website. Just check it out. Don't forget the Aussie Max Zone Tuesday night and also in iTunes. Uh, yeah, the paper, aussietechheads.com.au forward slash paper, delivered twice a day if you subscribe to it. Chucked right into your little iPad or your little iPhone or your little desktop browser, wherever you want to go for that thing. It's uh, pretty good. doesn't just have tech stories. It's got a hunk of everything else. It's got videos and everything. It's just like a, a cool little little newspaper. You just don't have to pay anything for. It's free. So that's cool. And, and some get... free apps as well. And some free apps. Is there free apps in there? I didn't know that. On our Facebook. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> On the Facebook. It takes me a while, Jay. It's a bit slow on Thursday nights. But, yeah, you can also like us on Facebook, uh, facebook.com forward slash Aussie Techheads and youtube.com forward slash Aussie Techheads. But in the Facebook, Jace puts up uh, a Android app of the day and I'll put up iOS app of the day. And there was a good one today. There was, if you're leaving school or whatever, there was a resume maker. And I think I think that was... Nice. Yeah, it was normally... I saw that one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> Shane <laughs> can use it. Yeah, I uh, normally like eight bucks or something, seven dollars ninety or something. But today it was for free, so I hope you jumped on board that one because that, that's a good little score. Uh, so if you need for something like that, so why not all school kids jump on that? Because next year, year twelvers, next year big wide world, you'll be needing something like that. All right, you young fellas. Ah, oh, young fellas, I don't know how good they got it these days, do they, Jace? I got no idea. No. <laughs> All right, that's about it for us for another week. So uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Jace. Thanks for coming in. Look See like, you around. Thanks, uh, Shane. Thanks for coming in. 
You can go back to the beach no now. Here, boys. All right, good stuff. And uh, thanks for downloading us or watching us on YouTube, and we shall see you for another episode next week. Until then, bye for now. Bye-bye.